0: we're just going to dive into the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians and the whole book of 1 Thessalonians um, chapter 5 and, and it's, its whole book really um, focuses a lot on eschatology, which is the end times. Eschatos means end times. Eschatology means the study of the end times. And so um, that was one of the themes that Paul landed on when he was writing his letter to the people of Thessalonica Um, and it was a church that he founded, he preached the gospel there, many people received the message with um, great joy and but he had to leave Thessalonica abruptly and when he left um, he had to entrust the word of God into um, really that yeah like some newer Christians but he had to he had to send Send back letters and people to uh, make sure that the people were growing in good doctrine, so that they could really understand um, what 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 the gospel was as they continued to learn. Well, hey, why don't we open in a word of prayer? God bless you. Thanks for joining tonight. Thanks for being a part of our live broadcast here on Facebook. Um, thankful for this uh, these uh, means of technology to connect with God's people for us to stay together. I pray that this word um, is an encouraging word to you and um, brings us into a a closer relationship with Jesus. That's the whole point of it all. I pray that if you don't know the Lord, that you give Jesus a chance, that you invite him into your life and that you would um, join the church. And when I say church, I mean join the body of Christ. Um, Our church is just one of the many, many, many expressions of, of that great body and our great faith. And and I'm thankful to be a part of it. We have just some beautiful people right here in, in the South Bay, um, part of South Los Angeles County. And we're right here um, on the coast and serving God faithfully, watching people's lives change. We do an amazing job as a church in reaching people with the gospel for the very first time. And Um, discipling people is um, something that we are really looking forward to equipping our our um, our our believers our team our leaders and all of those who call themselves disciples we believe that God has called us to equip one another so that we can um, be the fully expressed body of Jesus Christ um, coming to its full completion and maturity as Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians is another book that Paul wrote to the people in Ephesus. So, God bless you, Lisa. Uh, so awesome to see you there joining us. Hey guys, let's go to the Word. In, um, go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for today. We love you and we worship you. We come to you, Lord, from wherever we are. Some of us following along on this live broadcast others of us um are going to be watching this at a later time and so i pray father that the word encourages them right there where they are i pray that there is practical application as well but um more than anything i pray that the word uh, can illuminate our hearts that the word of god father god can teach us precepts commandments statutes decrees laws um and um and God's ways so that um, we can walk closer with Jesus so that we can uh, really live out the life of a believer um, and bring the kingdom of God with us wherever we go. Father, open our our minds, open our hearts, and Father God, open our spiritual eyes that we might see beautiful things in your word Um, according to uh, Psalm 119 verse 18. Um, open our eyes, Lord, that we might see beautiful things in your word. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, guys. Um, Like I said, if you have any prayer requests, please drop your prayer requests in the comment box. and, And I'll make sure that we connect. I'll make sure that we pray over your prayer requests. I'll make sure that we take some time. To cover that, there's my auntie Rachel. God bless you. Hi, Christina. Um, Matt Salas. God bless you, bro. Awesome, man. Welcome aboard. Oh, there goes uh, uh, one of my other mothers from um, from Carson, Francine Palomares. God bless you, Francine. It's so good to see you dropping by. Um, So let's turn now to the Bible. Um, First, I want to give you a little bit of background. I know our Bible teachers have been giving us background one of the themes in the book of first Thessalonians I know it's kind of a, a mouthful right it's a long word Thessalonians simply means the people of Thessalonica and uh, it was a place um, there near um, near Greece um, in the Mediterranean area where one of the early churches that the Apostle Paul um, had reached had formed a A little church a house church and really a group of people that were able to follow along that in the teachings of Jesus and Jesus had passed on the teachings of the kingdom of God to his disciples um you guys can hear all these doggies they kind of there's like a crazy crazy frenzy every time one of our awesome neighbors walks by with their puppies and and then all the dogs in the neighborhood jump jump on um, but anyway, um, Paul, when he had to leave Thessalonica after spending about three weeks teaching the word of God, teaching them about the gospel, just giving them the, the, all the principles and truths of who Jesus was. The fact that Jesus was Messiah, that Jesus is God. Not a lot of people believed that Jesus was God back then. Um, They didn't believe in the resurrection. So they had been hearing stories of this man named Jesus from Nazareth who had died, who was crucified on a cross. And then miraculously, three days later, he like raises to life. And so guess what? They actually started to tell the story. They started to tell the story about this man named Jesus. They started telling the story of Jesus appearing to over 500 um, people, the disciples, among uh, others, who actually touched Jesus, his his physical body, and so this this teaching of the resurrection was really really new, there wasn't a whole lot of teaching during the Old Testament, which was like hundreds or thousands of years prior to Jesus' life. Here in the in the first century, when Paul was writing. Um, But So this teaching of the resurrection was really, really new, and it was hard for people to accept. It was hard for people to believe that this man named Jesus, first of all, who called himself the Messiah, who called himself God, um, was actually someone who was raised from the dead and then lived on the earth and then all of a sudden ascended from the earth right in front of the, the disciples' very own eyes, as he ascended to the heavens. I mean that's what scripture says. According to the book of Acts. Jesus so this was. Um, talking with the disciples. And then immediately he ascended. Into heaven. And he had prepared. The disciples. For that day. He had prepared the multitudes. That he had been teaching. All of those people that had been following him. He had been preparing them. For his departure. Um, which was some really rad stuff. But here in 1 Thessalonians, Paul teaches a lot about eschatology. And eschatology is the end of times. And so he gets into the resurrection of Jesus. He talks about the return of Jesus or the coming of Jesus. He talks about what happens when we die. He talks about what happens um, when Christ comes, um, what happens to those who have, have fallen asleep Or died before those who are living. So, because we have not yet experienced, or at least we don't believe, that Jesus has come again a second time, um, Paul had to give teachings in order for people to understand. Because some wanted to see this Jesus, some wanted to, who believed in Jesus, wanted to be there for his return. And according to the Apostle Paul, he calls it an an imminent return, which means it's going to happen, but we just don't know when. And one of the things that's really, really cool about eschatology or the, the return of Jesus is that there are several different types of books or types of groups of books in the Bible that talk about the return of Christ. So for example, Paul talks about the return of Christ here in in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5. All five chapters touch on the the, the coming of Jesus or the resurrection. And then um, then we have 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You might want to write that down. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And then Jesus himself taught on the very thing Of the return of himself, the return of Christ, in Matthew chapter 24. And that's Matthew's Gospel, which the Gospels were very, very different from Paul's letters. They were written from a very, very different point of view, right? I mean, the Gospels were Gospel writers, or evangelists, or disciples of Jesus. For example, Matthew and John were two of Jesus' disciples, and they bookend the the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Matthew and John bookend the Gospels. And the Gospels really focused on talking about the, the birth, the life, the ministry, the uh, crucifixion or the death. And then um, the resurrection um, of Jesus Christ. Um, and so... We get that in the Gospels, all four of them tell the story from a different perspective. Then we jump over here to Paul's letters. Paul was writing specific letters to churches in different cities where he had been traveling. Or if he met somebody that had started a church that he discipled, they started a church, Paul would write about the theology of God or the theology of Christ. So Paul's Christology was such that he was able to tie in the Old Testament and the prophets and the wisdom writings like Psalm and Proverbs. Paul would tie all of that in and he would write letters or a treatise or he would write these books with the understanding of trying to understand who God is, the mind of God. That's what theology is. Theology is the mind of God. We get that word from um, the Greek word, theos, right? Um, which means God in Greek. And then of course, um, logos, which is word, right? So the word of God, theology, logos. But um, in English, theology really means the study of something, right? Ology is like a, a suffix that helps us understand what we're doing with that subject, right? Like eschatology. It's the study of the end times, the eschatos. Alright, so I hope you're following me. I'm not trying to sound all smart, even though I am. (laughs) I just want to help us learn. I want to help us um, understand so we can take um, our knowledge we can take our, our walk with Christ to another level of obedience. We could take our study of the Bible to another level of understanding. And trust me, man, my, my mind is intrigued when I hear other people teach or preach the Word of God in ways that challenge me. In ways that open my mind to different things. Um, so with all that said, let's go ahead and now turn to the Word of God. Brother Enoch Jimenez taught the Word of God last week, and he taught out of 1 Thessalonians chapter four. So tonight we're gonna be in chapter five. All right, if you're still um, with me, still on board, um, I wanna invite you to stay stay along with us as long as possible. We're gonna read the scriptures. We're gonna read some other scriptures in the New Testament. Um, And if you have a notebook or something that you can write notes, follow along, um, I think it's just helpful. Let's read. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Okay, let me pause there after verses one and two. So far, Paul's continuing this teaching of the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Lord or the day of the Lord, right? The day of the Lord. Um, It's a similar thing. Some may, some may, you know, not really understand um, what the day of the Lord is. Some say it's the day of judgment some say it's it's the, the day of Jesus his return um, and we're reading right here that Paul calls it the day of the Lord all right it says that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night what how does a thief in the night come a thief in the night comes unannounced a thief in the night comes um, like a surprise now I now, prayerfully, you haven't had to deal with much thieves in the night, but sometimes we do. Now we have uh, surveillance cameras right down your your on your porch or your driveway, your backyard or your alley, or you got ring you got that ring app um, or doorbell that can see everything that's going on. You might have. Um, neighborhood watch. I just drove down the neighborhood right now, right here where I live. And it says this neighborhood is surveillanced by cameras. And so they're trying to bring, you know, um, people to justice that are breaking in cars, that are thieving, that are stealing. So thieves, you know, I mean, but sometimes thieves can be kind of bold, right? Sometimes thieves and burglars can try and come during the daytime. God forbid you'll ever have to deal with that. Um, I've I've experienced that. I know how it feels to be violated. Um, Paul says right here, the day of the Lord's gonna come like a thief in the night. <laughs> probably uses that language because a lot of people know that there was a lot of crime there in the first century. There wasn't much technology. People probably just came, took things that didn't belong to them. Um and, and thieves basically come unannounced. Um, they come unannounced because they ba- they don't want to get caught. They want to take what they want. Um, they don't play, you know, nice. Thieves don't. Um, and so Paul says, Jesus is going to come like a... Um, like a thief in the night. That day will sneak up on us. In other words, unannounced. While people are saying, verse three, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Okay. Now, please, can you open your Bible to Matthew chapter 24? Go ahead. Matthew chapter 24. All right. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. I want to just make some connections here between what Paul says and what Jesus taught. Look at what Jesus said. Verse 30 of chapter 24. It says, at that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations on the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Okay. And then it says, verse 31, he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Okay. Now, go down to verse 36. This is Jesus talking. Now, we're studying, we're looking at the book of Matthew. And we're we're studying eschatology now from the perspective of both Jesus and Paul. So we're looking at both perspectives. But look at look at how similar similar they are, which is very intriguing for me because to me it shows that there was um, there was this this understanding of the teaching that Jesus had given when he was ministering. He says. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father as it was in the day of Noah. So it will be in the coming of the son of man. So Matthew calls it the coming of the son of man, right? And he said that earlier in verse 30, Paul calls it the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. Look what it says. now verse 42 Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day the Lord will come But understand this if the owner of the house had known at what time then in the night the thief was coming he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into So you also must be ready Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. So, we see here that Jesus teaches about the coming of the Lord as a thief also approaches one's one's own home. Paul talks about the same thing here in chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 pretty cool. We don't get that a whole lot in the Bible. And this is called a uh, synoptic parallel. Synoptic means that it is um, multiple views of the same thing. So optic is where we get the word, right? Sight, optic, and then uh, synoptic, syn, S-Y-N, means soon in Greek, which means together. So we bring the, the to, together perspective, or if you have something in the middle and you have many different people looking at it, you're going to have a synoptic, right? Which you're going to have a whole lot of different perspectives looking at one particular event. And so that's what we're finding here is that there's a synoptic parallel uh, coming together in two completely different types of biblical writings. We have the the gospel writings of Jesus um, in Matthew, and then we have the epistles of the Apostle Paul, which he's writing from a very, very different perspective. The Apostle Paul did not write from a historical perspective or narrative, whereas the Gospels wrote from a narrative perspective. uh, The Gospels were written like they're telling a story. So they, they, they told the story oftentimes um, in you know, third person, talking about Jesus. Whereas Paul is not writing a story per se, but he's writing a commentary. Paul is writing his own understanding based off of what he knows of the things of Christ, Christ's life, Christ's ministry, Christ's crucifixion, Christ's resurrection, and everything in between, the Apostle Paul gives us an insight into his own mind. And that's why the writings of Paul are so awesome. They're so awesome because they really complement the Gospels in a a powerful way. Another thing I wanted to bring out about um, the, the writings of Paul to the Thess- uh, Thessalonian church is that the Thessalonian church received this letter from Paul probably around 50 AD around 50 AD 5-0, maybe 50 maybe 5051 and it was probably the second collection of letters or writings that the apostle Paul wrote with the Um, The book of Galatians, I believe, being um, one of Paul's earliest writings, dating back to between 48 and 49 AD. I don't know if you care about any of that, but it's just, um, you know, information to store there in your brain. So look what he says. Verse three. While people are saying peace and safety, hey, all right, enjoying life, it says destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Now, I'm not a lady. Maybe there's some ladies on the call. I see a few. Brothers, praise God for the women, amen? Praise God for the ladies. I remember when my wife told me, Josh, my water just broke. Let's go. You know, there was a leading up. There was, um, right, a 40-week pregnancy with our oldest, our, our, our first child. But as we got closer and closer to that due date, it was kind of like, okay, there's an expectancy. Okay, we're waiting. Okay, it's any moment now. Okay, um, I'm waiting for the call. Okay, Josh, keep your, your phone on. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go to work. I'm not just going to sit at home staring at my wife all day like, all right, uh, you, you, you're, you're, is your stomach ready to pop or you're ready to, you know, have the baby? Like, no, like you got to go on living with your life, but you also have to be aware. You have to be cognizant. You have to be expecting the the news that, her, that, you know, in this case, my wife's water is, uh, is going to break at any moment. And so that really sums up the, the urgency of the kingdom of God. It, it, it sums up the importance of a life of a Christian who has put their trust in Jesus as, as Lord and then said, now I am waiting and I'm expecting Jesus' return and I believe it like it's today. I'm living like it's tomorrow and I am loving like, um, I'm loving like it's like it's today at any moment. I'm going to love like there's no tomorrow. I'm going to live like there's no tomorrow. I'm going to serve like there's no tomorrow because Jesus is, preached the message of repentance, and Jesus preached the message of the kingdom of God. So Jesus preached this message. So Paul and all the rest of the other disciples said, we have to preach this message too, right? And that's really, really important. That's really, really important for us to understand that we need to live our lives in such a way that the gospel and the in the 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 imminent return the second coming of Christ the blessed hope could happen at any moment just like a thief who sneaks upon us and just like a woman who is about to give birth we have to be expecting and waiting for Christ's return so Number one, Jesus could come at any moment. But number two, we got to be ready at any moment, right? That means we got to live like he's coming at any moment. I believe that's what Paul is saying right here, very literally, that Jesus can come at any time. But Paul is also saying that We, we can't just sit around watching the paint dry. (laughs) Oh my Lord. Okay. All right. All right. Those of you that are still with me, here's a, here's a great story. So, so just this last year, we had a small little project, um, little, little small home improvement. Um, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. If if it was up to me, it would never be done. It'd still be, it would still be unfinished project. But um, unfortunately, the shower system that we put in was a very let's just say a very uncommon shower system because it was really really awesome and really cool. The only problem is that. The shower handle broke two weeks in. <laughs> so so we got a broken shower. It just got fixed. A brand new one. I mean, we put in a brand new shower, brand new tub, brand new tile, subway style. And and like matter of fact, I'm gonna show you guys. Alright, so so we're gonna go right now. I'm gonna give you a little tour. Alright. Boomy's not gonna like this so much, but It's going to be it's going to be fun. So and so so bear with me. Right. We're not able to have Bible study at church. We're not able to um, be together. But I'm so I'm teaching the word of God here in my own home, which means I'm just going to get creative. And I'm going to show you the work that we did here in our family house. Um, And so let's see here. All right. So I'm not going to I'm. I'm not gonna, sh- I'm just gonna show you the shower head. It's right there. That's the shower head and the handle that broke after we put it in two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. And the thing like snapped. So we try to replace it by reordering the parts three times. And every time we ordered the new system, guess what? The parts didn't fit. So guess what our plumber told us? He said, hey, guys, you guys are going to have to uh, replace the whole system, which meant we had to put a hole behind the wall. We had to cut out the shower system that had been put into the wall. Um, and so when they came to repair it, the... The handymen that were repairing the walls were kind of in a rush and they were just sitting there with the blow dryer trying to trying to get the the um, the quick set um, putty on the wall to to dry. They were trying to paint all at once. And guess what? When you do that, it doesn't work. You can't just sit there and watch the thing dry. Um, It doesn't work that way. So to make a long story short, um, the wall started to bubble up. The, 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 the patch patchwork putty that they used um, on the walls started to bubble up just like and turned into a big, huge blister on the wall. It was all because they were painting the, the wall too fast. They were putting the, another coat on um, instead of just letting it dry all by itself. And that's my point here is that, you know, sometimes we sit around like we're supposed to, you know, just stare at the paint and watch it dry. But no, Jesus is like, get busy, go serve, go preach, go teach. He said in Matthew chapter 28, when he was sending the disciples, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy ghost. So this was all part of, and don't worry, we fixed the wall. They had to come back again. They patched it. They let it sit for a whole day. Then they painted the wall and it came out nice. So appreciate y'all's concern. So it's all good now. Um, we' paid good money, right? Good money to, to make it make it be right. So, so, so what we're seeing here is that Christ is calling us to go and make disciples. Well, you can't just make disciples overnight. You can preach the gospel and people could receive the message of salvation, but you can't make them into disciples. They don't instantaneously become disciples, right? We, didn't, we don't instantaneously become students of Christ. We become followers of Christ because of our faith. We become believers when we put our, our trust, our belief in Christ. But it's at that moment that we set out on a journey to follow the way of the master. So what does that mean? Jesus knew that even he said, I don't know when the day of the Lord will be. I don't know when I'm going to come again. I don't know when when that judgment day will be. He said, but you guys have to live like it's going to be a long time away from now. And you got to live like it's coming today. What do you mean? That doesn't make sense. That's oxymoronic. Well, it's biblical. Right? It's biblical. It's like it's like it's like raising a family. We work to provide for our families, to provide for the needs that we have. We work to gain money and gain income to handle the things of God, the kingdom of God. We see somebody with a need, we meet it. See somebody who needs money, we bless them with money somebody needs clothing, we give them clothing, right? So we work for a purpose, with a purpose. Well, in the same way, conventional wisdom, I like to call it Old Testament proverbial practical wisdom will say, yes, we live by faith. Jesus can come at any minute. His his return is imminent. And at the same time, guess what? My wife and I, We're gonna put some money away. We're gonna put money in the savings. We're gonna plan for our kids' future. We're gonna plan for generations to come. We're going to live like and love and serve Jesus like he's coming tomorrow because others need to hear the message of the kingdom. And the message of love and salvation, love, peace, joy, right? patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We need to live like Christ is coming today. And we have to also live like he could come a hundred years from now or a thousand years from now. What do you mean a thousand years, Pastor? I can see the time, the signs of the times right now. Well, yeah, guess what? The first century church, were also experiencing signs of the times. So there's a correlation. I taught this in one of my lessons earlier this year. Yes, we are seeing the signs of the times that Jesus is coming soon. But also the first church in the first century were doing the same thing. They were living like Jesus was coming back at any second, at any moment. They also know and they knew that they had to get to work. And they had to live in such a way as if there was going to be a little while practically before Jesus came again. And that's really, really important. That's really, really important. Because I can't just go quit my job. Say, you know what? I'm going to stop working because Jesus is coming today. Jesus is coming tomorrow. And then Jesus not come. So, oh man, Jesus didn't come. Oh, this faith thing, this God thing is not real. No, we live in the tension of both here and not yet. We live in the tension of the kingdom of God being here and the kingdom of God not being fully here. We live in the tension of Jesus being here with us now and Jesus returning again for his church. That's what Paul is trying to get the Thessalonians to understand. So let's continue to read. He says, but you brothers are not in darkness. Verse four, verse four. 1 Thessalonians 5 uh, verse 4, but you brothers are not um, not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You're all sons of the light and sons of the day. We don't belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. In other words, don't be um, lulled to sleep. Don't be put to sleep spiritually so that we become lazy spiritually, so that we just become complacent in life. Um, don't become the kind of person that just becomes dead and and discouraged, depressed. Don't Let's not become the kind of person that just says, there's no use. No. Paul's saying, let's live with, with excitement. And he says, let's be self-controlled. He says, for those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or we're asleep, we may live together with him. We live together. When you live together, that means now. That means now we are in koinonia with one another. That means I live with you, you live with me. Christ lives with us. That means we, along with the body of Christ and all who consider themselves children of God, are living with one another. And when we live with one another, guess what happens? When we live with one another, we start doing things together. We share with one another. We cry with one another. We rejoice with one another. We... Um, we mourn with one another. We celebrate with one another. We praise, we worship with one another. We preach the gospel with one another. We take the gospel to others with one another, right? So look what he says. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Talking about pastors, talking about your shepherds, your leaders, your lay leaders, um your elders at church, deacons, people that have been serving the Lord faithfully, people that have stayed with the faith, people that haven't gone anywhere, people that have stayed stayed rooted and committed to the work of God and the true care for God's people. Paul says, finally, you know what? You need to pay attention to your elders. You need to pay attention to your spiritual leaders, those who bring correction, those who love us, those who are bringing the word of God. Praise God. Sometimes I'm the one bringing the word of God. Sometimes I'm receiving the word of God. So this is a word for me and it's a word for you. And it's a word for all of us. He says, hold them in highest regard and love because of their work. Those who bring the word of God and who shepherd God's people live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. So you see Paul being very practical here. He does that a lot at the end of his letters. He 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 ends up bringing his letters to a very practical application so that the theology, the teaching, the doctrine that he gives of Christ, of, of eschatos, of the, the second coming of Christ can always be met with, okay, well, what does that mean for me today? So he says, for us today, Mission Ebenezer, we need to listen to our elders and pay attention to what God is saying and speaking through them. He says, hold them in high regard, pray for them and love them because of the work that they have committed to. He says, live in peace with each other, with all, one, one another. And then he says this, um, I warn you to warn those who are idle. What is someone who who, who is idle? Not I D O L or not someone who is an idol or idolizes. No, the word idol I D L E means warn those who are complacent, who are lazy, who are not being productive, those who are not being producing fruit um, in a kingdom way. Um, Those who have just you know stopped being active um, in the body of Christ and in the world on behalf of Christ. He says, warn those who are idle. then he says, encourage the timid. Oh man, go and, and find those who may be timid and shy and encourage them, love them up. They need your love. They need a hug. They need a high five. Be patient with everyone. Paul says, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always tries to be kind to each other and to everybody else. So don't go paying back evil for evil. When somebody does something wrong to you, guess what? Give it to the Lord. Jesus himself said, if one strikes you on the cheek, turn and give them the other cheek. Right? It wasn't just um, a euphemism. It wasn't just a, a good saying. All right? It wasn't just a trite Christian, you know, phrase or, or, um, what do we call it? It wasn't Christian ease to say, "Oh, if someone hits you on the cheek, turn the other." No, Jesus really meant like, if somebody hits you and somebody's looking to take advantage of you, guess what? Turn them over to the Lord. Don't return, repay evil for evil. Doesn't mean keep your keep yourself there in harm's way. You may need to remove yourself from harm's way, but guess what? Don't return that evil for evil. Don't be looking to get back at somebody who has hurt you. That's not going to make this world any better. That's not going to expand the kingdom of God at all. All Right? He says, but always try to be kind to each other. He says, try. (laughs) Yeah, try. Try your best. Be joyful always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put on, put out the spirit's fire. Oh, that's awesome. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Pay attention to the word of God that comes forth. Test everything. Oh, test everything. Paul says, hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. To test everything means that we're not to believe everything that we hear. We're not going to believe everything that people say. And don't believe everything that you think. Don't believe everything that you feel. Okay? Sometimes our feelings will lead us astray. The Bible says the heart is wicked above all things. The heart the heart is wicked above all things because the, the heart, our emotions are very self-serving and, and, and emotions are good and emotions are helpful they give us, it's kind of like the temperature gauge on our car, right cold and hot, it tells us where our engine is tells us if we need to cool down um, so signs are important emotions are important, they tell us where we are, but we can't we can't Um, allow our emotions to govern us. And that's what Paul's saying right here. What else? May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers, brothers, Pray for us, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. He says, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So you see, this was a letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians to help them in their faith. To give them an understanding in this same book, we didn't touch on it today, but um, there's another passage which talks about um, the imminent return of Christ. And Paul said that there were actually uh, people that stopped working and. Um, and they basically would just stare at the, at the heavens and wait for Jesus to come. So they stopped working, which means when they stopped working, they had no more income. And then people started to go poor and, and go hungry, right? And then they had to start, um, going around, right? Um, begging and asking for food, right? Get, because they were, they were so spiritually minded that they were no earthly good. They were so spiritually minded, their, their minds, their brains, their lives are in the heavens that they were not any longer earthly good. But Paul reminded them and he says, for one who was not able to provide for his family, to provide sustenance, to provide food and bread on the table, to provide for the needs of his own, very own family. He says, you are even worse than an infidel. He says you're a believer, but yet you are sitting around, um, acting like and waiting, um, sitting on your hands, doing nothing, um, but just only um, thinking on the the spiritual things, and that's not healthy. Jesus understands the 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 challenge of of us being spiritual beings, but living in this physical body, this material body here on earth. Jesus said in his prayer, our father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth with us as it is in heaven. So Jesus understood this concept. Paul is continuing to teach this concept. First Thessalonians, second Thessalonians, are a really, really good book that can help us to make sure that we are being productive, that we are good citizens, that we're good neighbors, that we're good Christians, that we're good fathers, that we're good mothers, that we're good children, that we're good family, friends, that we're good um, Christians in the body of Christ. I mean, there's just so much here. It's just so awesome. Um, Thanks for tuning in. The word of God. Okay, so um, praise God. How, how many of you guys are doing okay? Some of you guys are still with me. Praise the Lord. Others had to go. It's all good. Um, and yet there are others who are going to uh, dial in and and read the word, uh, hear the word of God at a later time. Um, but I just want to ask: Is there anything that you need prayer for? Um, you guys, we're going to be pushing back um, our our grand opening from September twelfth to October 10th, so grand opening is October 10th. We're pushing it back six weeks, um, because of the spike in, in COVID around our area, um, and you're like, what do you mean, Pastor? The numbers are down. Well, the, number, the, the numbers are down in some places, most places around L.A. County. But guess what? They're up around the South Bay and around um, families at our church, man. We had like, like eight families that had COVID in the last four weeks. Thankfully, everybody's okay. We have one brother who went home from the hospital yesterday. He was a youngster, 20 years, uh, no, 19 years old had trouble breathing, uh, but we also have a brother who's still in the hospital. He was in ICU, and he's in step-down unit, but he's still um, having trouble breathing. His name's Alex Murillo. Pray for him. So we want to be safe. We're just pushing it back six weeks. Our return to the sanctuary is imminent, kind of like Jesus' return. Um, We are going to go in because we want to avoid the harsh winter of cold, rain, and wind. We sustained um, our ministry and services through last winter, and it was so hard on us. It was hard on our equipment. It was hard on our people. Although we have faithful soldiers, we had men who were showing up at church six o'clock in the morning, setting up um, in the winter, in the, in the dead of winter. And guess what? We're still in the dog days of the pandemic. I mean, we're, we're we want to be out of this thing, but it's still here. It's still lingering. So we got to be wise. Jesus may come today, but he also may want to come 100 years from now. So we want to reach as many people as we can with the gospel. So we're going to preach the gospel with urgency, but we're going to live wisely and be very cautious. And we're going to treasure life and the gift of breath in our body, breath in our lungs, so that we can love each other until he he does come again. Right. So that's very biblical. Um, Praise the Lord. For, for good, sound wisdom. Uh, let's see what else. We just had our back to school prayer last week. We prayed for youngsters, high schoolers, um, college students, master's students. We prayed for administrators, teachers. We prayed for um, principals, everybody that is a part of the school systems. Um, and we ask God for a blessing over them at our services. Pastor Joe Hernandez led that prayer. Um, And his beautiful wife, Jessica, was there. Um, And just, yeah, what a a blessing. So, hey, you guys, God's doing great things at the mission. Right now, we're averaging about 200 to 225 people per service at 9 a.m. English and our 11 a.m. Spanish. We're going to be going in indoors October 10th. We're going to probably have about 250 people max capacity for right now. If we have to start a third service or a fourth service to accommodate both services and the growth that's happening, we will, but we're going to play that by ear. Um, Our our safety and protocols team, they're working right now on getting our registration team back going, the pre-registration, so everybody feels safe. We're going to require masks when we go back indoors and we're going to have social distance. It's going to be cool um and God's going to God's going to protect us but we're going to be wise. God has covered us uh, thus far and we're praying for you, we're praying for your loved ones. We love you. We we we're just blessed to be a part of your life and and to serve the Lord together in the body and in the kingdom. So, thanks for being on the the Bible lesson tonight. I love you. My wife and I Boomy, we we just we're so thankful for you. Pray for our boys, uh, Elisha and Judah. They started school, ninth grade for Elisha. Um, he's a freshman in high school at Long Beach Poly. Judah is a seventh grader at Stanford Middle School. Um, our daughter Lola started TK at Bernie Elementary right here in our neighborhood in Long Beach. This is our our little our little home, our little backyard, our awesome community. We love it, and so yeah, we cover your prayers. We're thankful. We, um, we pray for you. If you have any special prayer requests, um, sign in to our church website and or go to download our church app. Oh, there we go. Download our church app. All right. So um, our church app is uh, the mission. I'm typing it in. Dash la mission. And it's going to pop up and you'll see all the great stuff that we're doing. Um, you can take notes there. You can have a Bible. You can follow the Bible right there. Um, I see Lisette's prayer. Pray for Mission Kids. Amen, Lisette. We're praying for Mission Kids. For That's our preschool at the church. Our Mission Kids Preschool. Um, praise the Lord. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Yolanda. We're going to pray right now. Um, we're going to pray right now for Tracy and Yolanda. All right. A beautiful, beautiful family from church. Tracy is one of our baby girls, man. Tracy, if you're there, I I hope that you're there. I hope that you're, you're, you're listening. I hope that you're watching. I'm glad that I saw your, your prayer request. Um, yes, we're going to pray for you right now, Miha. Uh, so Tracy is one of our, our young, our young girls that we raise in the Lord. She's one of, um, my spiritual daughters, um, Bumi was her her youth leader at church, um, her sisters, Yuli and Crystal. I married Crystal a um, couple years ago with with uh, I officiated her, her, her wedding. We say Mary, but, you know, I officiated her wedding um, with her husband. Beautiful couple. But um, we're going to pray right now. Uh, let's see. Any other prayer requests before we let's see here? Boom, boom, boom. Uh, my boy, Larry. God bless you, Larry Turner. I think he checked out. He gave me a high five. We went to school together. Um, middle school and uh, and high school. He's a great, great, great man of God. Okay, so we're, we're going to pray right now. Let's, You guys, we're going to pray for Tracy. We're going to pray for Tracy. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for restoration. We're going to pray for, um, for God to just, just do a deep, deep, deep work. In Tracy, we're going to pray for the word of God to begin to just minister to her, her life, her body, her mind, her spirit. The word of God, Tracy, is like bread to our body. That's what the Bible says. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Um, Jesus also said, I am living water. Right. And so, oh, there we go. What's up there? And so the very word of God, you guys, when we receive it, the Bible says the word of God is power unto salvation to him or her who believes. That's what Paul says. Paul says in first Corinthians, all right, I believe it's chapter two or three. He says the word of God is power unto salvation to them who believe. So that means if you believe in Jesus and then you take the word of God whether it's read, you read the word or we speak it and you receive the word of God as a deposit, as a seed to your heart and your soul. At that moment, it brings your body to life. At that moment, the kingdom of God is living in you because Jesus lives in you and Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God. So when we receive the word and we receive Jesus, we begin walking in the kingdom. So that means every moment of our life is pregnant with the kingdom of God. Every relationship that we have is full of a kingdom explosion, kingdom fireworks, because now we're encouraging one another. We're not tearing each other down. We're not destroying one another. We're not um, pushing people away. No, when you have the kingdom, guess what? God calls us to go after one another. God calls us to go after each other. God calls us to go after the other. God calls us to to take Christ who is in us and bring him to the world. Wherever we go in our conversation, in in your marriage, there's no room for foul language. There's no room for yelling and screaming. There's no room for that. In our relationships, we humble ourselves. We stop hurting one another. We start believing in Christ. We start believing in the goodness of God. We we put our trust, right? We reaffirm our trust in Jesus. And when we reaffirm our trust in Jesus, it's at that moment that the kingdom of God, The kingdom of God starts to show up. You wake up with a pitter patter in your heart. Boom, 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 boom. You wake up in the morning and you're excited about life. You walk out of the doors of your house and you're excited about people. You're excited about waving hi to your neighbor. You're excited about taking your, your children to school. You're excited about going to work. You're excited about being with your coworkers. You're even excited, hi hi, Teresa, God bless you. You're excited about about allowing people to see Christ in you, no matter how they are, no matter how they treat you, no matter how mean to you they are, no matter how they're trying to tear you down, no matter if they're jealous of you, no matter if they're hating on you, No, it does not matter, because you got the kingdom. You got it all. You got Jesus. And Jesus is now exuding. Jesus is now just coming out of your pores. Look at Look at I'm glowing. I'm glowing right now. You want to know I'm glowing? Because of Jesus. You're glowing right now because of the kingdom. The kingdom of God which is in you. And that is the message that Jesus taught. That's the message that the Apostle Paul was given to us. He says Jesus is coming again. So we need to live our lives in such a way that we're living it with urgency. We cannot allow the hurt from this world to destroy us any longer, not from the inside out and not from the outside in. Grab a hold of the very power of Jesus right now and let's pray. Let's pray, Tracy. Let's pray. Let's pray, Tracy. Let's let's pray the kingdom of God right now into your situation right now. Whoever else is on this call right now, let's pray the kingdom of God right now into your heart, into your mind, and, and whether it just rolls off your lips, rolls off your tongue. Father God, we thank you. I thank you, and I love you. I'm reaffirming my trust and my faith in you, Jesus. Jesus, let the kingdom of God Be established in my life. Jesus, let the word of God be my guide. Let the word of God illuminate my steps. Let the word of God direct me. Let the word of God save me through Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, change my life. Change my life, Lord. I need you and I need your people. I need the body of Christ. I need the church to help me. You guys, one of the reasons why I'm so excited about being the the church and why the church is so necessary, contrary to what common or public opinion is, is because Jesus is awakening the church. We've been asleep in a lot of different ways. But he's showing us that it's all about relationships. Broken relationships with God and broken relationships with one another. And those broken relationships is all because of sin. We distance ourselves from God sometimes because relationships in this world have broken our hearts. And when we're broken, it leads us into a life of sin. And it's a vicious and ugly cycle, but guess what? The Lord can restore us. The Lord can make us new again. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, which was Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, he says this, if anyone is in Christ or Christ in them, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away, or the old man, the old woman had passed away And all things become new. You become new today. In Jesus' name, Tracy. You become new today. Whoever um, you are that's listening and that's receiving this word of hope and salvation, you have become new today. And God is getting a hold of your heart. And he's got a wonderful new life for you. Put your past behind. Bury it. Bury that past in the grave. Throw dirt on that thing. Compact that thing. And leave it there. That's why we are baptized in water. Being baptized in water means that we go below the surface of the water. Like like we're dead to sin. Dead to our, our past. Dead to our old life. And then we come out of the water. A new person. A new woman. A new man. And God will bring brothers and sisters alongside each and every one of us to help us and to encourage us and to show us the way forward. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you. God bless all the kids that are going back to school. God bless, God bless Mission Kids. Um, God bless all of your families. God bless you, Sister Victoria Clement from Guatemala. Um, God bless Louis Ariano. What's up, brother? Man, that's my dog. God bless you guys. I love the Ariano family. And I love all you guys. I want to invite you to church this Sunday in person under the, the outdoor tents at church. It's safe. I want you to come bring your families. We got children's ministry. They're safe. They're using masks. They're doing social distance. Come on out, you guys. God is the just the church is alive, man. Our church is exploding right now. It is exploding. The kingdom of God is exploding at Mission Ebenezer Family Church, and, and you belong. If you're not a part of any church, if you're not attending church, you need to come to church. You need to go to church. Jesus went to church. Yes, Jesus went to church. So let's not neglect the assembly. Um, the Bible. So God wants all of us to come together so we can encourage one another, and then we can go after them. We can go after all the rest of them that are out there that need Jesus, that just, that, that are in need of love and hope and salvation. So anyway, God bless you guys. I love you. We'll see you soon.